Hey there, Shelly. Have you heard about VanHack? Oh, you mean the HR tech sensation that's taking the recruitment world by storm? That's the one. VanHack is revolutionizing how companies find top talent globally. Imagine connecting with skilled professionals from all around the world without the hassle. Absolutely. VanHack has a great team and seamless technology where recruiters and companies can discover talent with ease. And they have a talent pool specifically curated for tech professionals. Tech savvy and globally connected, just what every company needs. VanHack offers tailored solutions for companies of all sizes, from startups to Fortune 500 giants. So if you're ready to take your recruitment game to the next level, join VanHack today. Yeah, visit VanHack and unlock a world of talent right at your fingertips. VanHack.com, where global recruitment meets simplicity. Welcome to the Recruitment Flex with Serge and Shelly. I'm Serge. And I'm Shelly. And we talk all things recruitment starting right now. Bonjour and welcome to the Recruitment Flex. I'm Serge and as always joined by Shelly. And Shelly, I don't think I told you this, but we're actually going to be recording this podcast in French since we have a French Canadian guest. So I hope you've been practicing. I'm so sorry. I think it's been a few years since I had my last class in French. Is there some sort of widget here that we can just do translation or <laughs> no? Oh, okay. no. Let me introduce our guest then. Someone that I had the pleasure of meeting down at Unleash on the High Roller as part oh, of yes. their very special event. It was very nice. So I have the pleasure of introducing Steph Revar, who is the co-founder and CEO of Hiring Branch. Welcome to the show. Thanks. It's great to be here, Sarah and Sally. I'm excited about the whole podcast. Looking forward to it. Great. Thank you. Shelly, yes, I, I, I was thinking you were going to use the real like Stefan and you went <laughs> with the easy way. What's going on there? Well, because he gave me permission to just call him Steph <laughs> in the green room. I do also want to call out that I got my fuck interview t-shirt. I have not been able to wear it yet because I have very young kids and I'm nervous they're going to ask, what does that mean? But I will be wearing it when I'm not with my kids, if that's okay, Stefan. Yeah, that's and great. I also wore my t-shirt because I got one when we were in Vegas together And I wore it over to a friend's house and they all think I work in HR, right? Like, you know, that meme that what do your friends think you do and what do you really do? So they saw this t-shirt and they were like, just uh, honestly, they stopped dead in their tracks and they're like, I didn't think I'd see you or something like that. (laughs) And I'm like, let me explain. Let me explain. So on that note, Steph, let's start with you. Let's talk a little bit about you and your journey into HR tech. Yeah, I think that's a great story. You know, I've been in language training and language assessments now for about 20 years, both on the education side, working with schools around the world and corporations from around the world with my partner. And we were really at the forefront of, let's say, the call center business back in India, where Really, they were about training languages, and eventually they were about accent reduction, which has now completely changed. Over time, we came to this path in our development where companies were using our platform to sort of like mock interview, and then they had humans go in and review what they had said. These are like high-volume hiring companies. They could literally have 300,000 people apply, and they wanted to automate. So at that point, about four years ago, we set out to 
automate interviews and have new tools to the process. Okay. I'm curious about the name. Yeah. How did you come up with the name Hiring Branch? Give well, us the background story there. Yeah. So we started off, our original name was Learning Branch because we were really a training company at the beginning, doing cultural training, customer oh. service training, language training. And we were going to conferences under that name and company says, well, we're looking for hiring platforms. So at some point he says, well, why don't we just pivot to hiring? That's how we became hiring branch. And branch is really, you know, yeah. when you're hiring or you're learning or you're training, there's not really one approach. You really need multiple approaches and it sprouts and grows. And I think the branch and the leaf really talks about the evolution of hiring and the evolution of training. So that's where the branch comes from. Can you tell us a little bit more about what hiring branch does? Because you said you evolved from language training to hiring. It seems like quite a pivot. It is not really a pivot. So if you go back to our start, we were language training and our platforms and the way we did, it was always very much around production. I think people speak and people listen. And that's the key of what we do. Everything we do is open-ended and you're testing someone, you're teaching someone, they have to listen to conversations, listen to sentences, and then they have to record their voice. And I think that's the really big defining change in our company, how we differ ourselves from everybody else. As you know, you're learning a foreign language or you're learning a new job. It's always a little bit uncomfortable. But when you're doing it in the comfort in front of a computer yourself, you can build confidence around it. That's really where we come around. That's how we differentiate ourselves. Tell me a little bit more. So you initially said call centers. Are call centers yeah. your main type of clients? Who do you target? Who does hiring branch work really well for? Yeah, so we started off in high volume hiring and really in a contact center. That was the focus. But as we've gone on, we now expanded this approach to we're hiring for fundraisers, sales roles, SDRs. We're also doing credit card investigations, all kinds of roles. Really, the target of what we're trying to do is any customer-facing role. So someone that has to interact with your clients. And the most important skill you need to have is soft skills or communication skills or people skills. Yeah. So that is the strength of what we do. We really add science to those skills. Tell me a little bit more what that science is. On the employer side, Like, how do they differentiate that someone's got really good soft skills and yeah. someone doesn't? Yeah, I think if you go back to the whole hiring process and you walk through that journey, imagine like I was talking to this company today, they have 25,000 applicants monthly, they get to interview about four to 500, they hire 150. Okay. So out of those 25,000, how many do you think have great soft skills or great communication skills or great sales skills? And how will the CV identify that? So what we do in our platform is we take those candidates, we give them a job experience of actually doing the job. What kind of soft skills do you use? What kind of language do you use? What's your fluency like? Can you paraphrase? Can you identify what the objection is? And we measure all those using three pieces of technology. We evaluated the basis, the fundamental language skills. So, you know, how do they communicate? We then evaluate their soft skills. That's another piece of tech that we have. And then overall, within all that, evaluates their employability skills. And what we talk about employability skills is that's their ability to retain data Everyone hates to repeat themselves when you're talking to a salesperson or a customer service. Can they remember the information? Can they understand what the question is? Can they articulate a clear, concise answer? Can the customer understand what you're saying? That's how we approach that problem. And everything is open-ended. So there's no really correct answer. There's no incorrect right. answer. As long as you attempt something that makes sense, then you'll do well. So I'm picturing an entire army of people having to listen to this. You say it's a technology. Correct. 
it sounds a little bit like voodoo or magic to me. You got to give me more here, Steph, because for as long as I've been in recruitment and I did spend a good six years with a company where call center was a major part of the business. Mm -hmm. And that was always our challenge was not the language because that's easy, right? That's probably the easiest part. But it was what you just touched on is, do you have the awareness or the skill to do the job where you heard what they said, you understood there was an objection in there? Mm -hmm. And how do you respond? This is blowing my mind. (laughs) How do you figure that out? We never could. It was after eight weeks of training, it cost to train each person somewhere between 10 and $15,000 per person to train them. And then we figured out that they can't retain what somebody just said. Exactly. Yeah. And these are really core soft skills. So the first thing we did is that we developed this framework, which we call the people skills framework. In that framework, we've identified 30 key skills that are really important. The thing about these 30 skills is that they don't apply to all the roles in a job. For example, if you're doing a sales role, there are some really key skills that you need to know. You need to be able to build rapport with that client and you need to have great fluency and great listening skills. So In our platform, using our artificial intelligence, we focus on that. You'll be presented with a scenario, for example, as a candidate. Let's say you're a fundraising company and you're trying to handle objection from a client who says that I've already given money last month. Thank you very much for your call. I appreciate it, but I'm really stuck this month. I don't have any money. I can't really give. From that, the candidate would have to respond. These are difficult conversations. So you have to identify what the problem is because they don't have any money. So therefore, maybe you can position a cheaper offering. Maybe you can skip them and call them back next month. So it's identifying all these patterns and articulating a possible answer within that. The other benefit of what we do is that it puts that candidate in the job. So that candidate immediately gets to see what kind of work they do. So imagine doing this for about 30 minutes. It really gives a candidate an idea if they can do this job or not. Got it. We come back to the t-shirt. We started at the top of our episode here with the t-shirts that commanded so much attention at Unleash. And of course, when I wore mine as well. (laughs) What is with fuck interviewing? (laughs) (laughs) It's a bold statement. (laughs) It's a very bold statement. Yes. So what we did, we've been in a small company for a while. We hired a new marketing director who you've met. She went out and interviewed all our customers. And I interviewed a few of them. And at one point, one of our customers said to me, do you know we don't interview anyone? And I said, this is fascinating. So what do you mean you don't interview anymore? We went out to create a platform that gives better metrics or better science, better analytics to hiring. And it works so well for them that they stopped interviewing or they rethought interviews. So instead of putting the interview at the beginning of their process, the first thing they'll do at this company, they'll really do the assessment first. Then they'll do them training, and then they'll have an operational interview at the end. And that operational interview will make sure that the process that they planned out worked well and that the candidate really has the skills. So you're really optimizing that recruiter. From that came those T-shirts, fuck interviews. (laughs) And to your example, I was at a gas station coming back from Vegas, and I had my T-shirt on. People wanted to buy my T-shirts. You, What that T-shirt says is what everybody's thinking. Nobody likes to be interviewed. True. (laughs) It's true, true, yeah. So that's where the T-shirt comes from. And they're a great hit. Let me tell you, Beth did a great job of those. So Stefan, digging a little bit deeper on just interviews in general, is this the future of high volume hiring where interviewing becomes 
less important because we're really bad at interviewing. When I say we, recruiters, hiring managers specifically, they have a full-time job. Asking them to come in and assess talent in an interview when they've never been trained doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Do you feel this is the future of high volume hiring where it's basically assessments and it goes right to the hire? The assessment, you really have to think about it. It's like a skills assessment. Companies are trying to measure every single thing they try to do. So is it the advertising? Is it allocating capital? Whatever it is, it has to be measurable. I went to a conference and Louis Tetsu, who's the three-time unicorn founder of Covio and Talio, he said to me, always bring data to decisions. Data doesn't care about your opinions. And when you're looking at hiring managers or recruiters, 75 to 97% say gut instinct is the key decider if I'm going to hire somebody. Yeah. So I think the role of the recruiter, the role of the interview is still very important, but I think that it just belongs at a different place. I think it's really about building rapport with that candidate. Once you figure it out, if they can do the job and if the candidate also figured out that this is the job they want to do, like running a candidate through a CV and then an interview, and they've only read a job description of imagining what it is, that's going shopping on Amazon and not looking at reviews or products and saying, I'm just going to buy it, then I'm going to figure it out if it works. We really got to think about this whole process. Definitely in HR and talent acquisition, we're behind when it comes to overall data. What's your thoughts? What are critical data points that every company, every recruiter should be looking at? I'm still relatively new to this recruiting business and hiring business, but the metric that people talk about all the time is hiring performance. And when they talk about hiring performance, it's fill quotas, filling someone in shorter amount of time. And I find this a bit fascinating. The reality is they should really be looking at employee performance or employee quality. When we're talking about the metrics that we care about and when we work in a partnership with our clients, it could be revenues. We have this fundraising company. We increase revenues by on average 10%. And the only thing we changed is hiring for the metrics. The second iteration with the same client where we modified our AI based on the performance results of their existing hires, we were able to find top performers. So that someone ends up in the first quartile within 90 days. They had never been able to do this with their old process. We're talking about for customer service roles, first call resolution, customer Mm -hmm. satisfaction, or with our largest client, bad hire rates. As you mentioned before, Shelley, bad hires cost a fortune. Well, this is one of their biggest issues. They had a high bad hire rate. Using this approach, we reduced their bad hire rates by 90%. So you can imagine the savings for someone who's hiring tens of thousands of people on a yearly basis, the efficiency that you built into it. Those are the metrics that we really care about. And I think hiring managers should really care about. If you're feeling people that don't fit in that job, then I think that's defeating the purpose. Those are great measures. It does change the conversation when you are taking a look at the data. I love that quote, the data doesn't care about your opinion. (laughs) Because I've always said, if you're hiring based on interviewing somebody, you've met them for the first time, you know, you're going to be right about 50% of the time. It's flawed. And quite honestly, somebody will say anything. Because I always look at the hiring and interview process. It is incredibly unfair to the candidate because you hold all the power as the hiring leader and everybody knows you got to play the game. You got to play the game. You know? Yeah. As you mentioned before, recruiters and hiring managers always have a concern about deploying this type of technology. One of the biggest concerns is not meeting their hiring quotas. So in high volume, you need to meet this quota. 
we had a company that it took us six months to be able to get into position to be able to start deploying. And the only thing that really accelerated that was the pandemic. So they could no longer do group interviews. They deployed our platform. And within three to four months, the first step for these candidates was to do the assessment. They had more candidates than they've ever had before, which was fascinating to them. And we did some research and it turns out exactly what you just mentioned. People want a fair share at this job. They don't want bias. When you're doing an assessment, there's no bias in our assessments. We have an AI governance that it doesn't matter if you're a man or woman. It doesn't matter where you come from. We evaluate your skills, ability to talk to customers, understand customers and be heard. And this is what people want to be evaluated for. So that's the fascinating thing. And back to the Harvard Business Review, they're saying there's 27 million workers out there that fail traditional processes of interviews, of screening CVs, because they may have been a military spouse. They're traveling all over the world. So they haven't worked in a long time. A mother who's raised kids, who's been not in the workforce for 10 years. And if you put them to our platform, typically they do exceedingly well because these are difficult jobs. Being a mother raising kids, you need great soft skills and you get to test them every day. So it really changes the game of going into skills-based hiring and not CV-based hiring. I have an idea. I have a new t-shirt idea for you. So fuck your gut feelings. I think that's the next version. I like it. That could be in the back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, Stefan, you were at Unleash, and one of the common teams at Unleash was AI, as yeah. what everyone talked about. What's your take on AI in recruitment? What's your take on AI being incorporated in hiring branch? Yeah, so we have a lot of AI throughout our platform to be able yeah. to achieve these types of results. And I think in the hiring space, there's no doubt that we need to be able to remove this gut instinct in hiring and the whole process. Are there better ways that we can build using, for example, generative AI? Can we start building a profile around this candidate that applied? We work with companies in the Philippines and India, and these companies are very desirable jobs. They're, they're well-known brands. And many times they don't get accepted their first or second time around. But using generative AI, you can start creating a profile around that person within our platform. If we develop a private generative AI tool, we can find out exactly what the skill gaps for that candidate. We can take that candidate into a journey of improving those skills and giving them a chance to reapply. And I mm -hmm. think that really adding all this kind of science and metrics and helping people will replace jobs. Well, it seems that the early indication at the moment that it doesn't replace jobs. Like really, it, it makes everyone better. So that's the key. But I think introducing more AI, more automation, adding more science and data to your decisions, I think that's where HR should be going. What's your take the other way? What's your take on candidates leveraging generative AI for applying to thousands of jobs at a time or creating their cover letters or resume? What's your take there? <laughs> yeah, you're catching me off guard. I think that's already happening. It's fascinating. I have got three kids at school age, and they have gravitated to help them with every possible part of their schoolwork. So yeah. I have one who's in sciences. They're using it to be coached. So it's so powerful. It's a great co-pilot. I think that that's okay to be able to use cover letters, but at the end of the day, you need to be evaluate the real skills of that person. It helps them get into the door to an interview, but on our platform, I don't think it will help you to be able to pass our assessment. Well, you know what? I think <laughs> this platform is hitting exactly the timing because this is going to become a major issue for a lot of employers, right? Yeah. Like you're seeing, I've seen some examples that are just crazy as far as how people are getting through interviews and then they're starting a job and they're not qualified. They can't do the job, right? And this is where your platform could be really 
the difference maker. It's yeah. not looking at what's in their resume and how well they interview. It's here are your soft skills. Yeah, exactly. I like to say it and I get in trouble a lot. We're not trying to predict performance. We yeah. want to measure it at the interview stage, at our platform stage. We're measuring your performance. Mm -hmm. And we can give you tons of great metrics for the employer and tons of great metrics for the candidate. Can I just come back to something, the example that you gave a moment ago where mm -hmm. you talked about a company that you're working with where they would have to interview four to 500 people to make 125 hires. So can it handle 300,000 applications? How do you decide who takes the assessment and moves forward through the funnel? Yeah. So what we do is that we establish a benchmark with your existing successful employees. So we look at the profile of those employees. Uh, right. We use our AI to evaluate the skills they have. And many times our clients don't even know exactly in a grander fashion, what are the important skills? It's very difficult in interview process to evaluate fluency, active listening, all these different skills in, in a very grand way. So we have literally hundreds and hundreds of metrics. So we apply it to the AI tool, the pre-hire assessments. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to get copycat candidates. So you know that they're selling within their quota. They're doing well within first call resolution. You might not know why. And we're the why. This is why they're doing so well. So in projects where the most successful is exactly that. The first step you do is that you do the assessment. And you find those exact skills that you need to succeed. And you pare it down. And our platform will rank the candidates according to these skills. And we tell them this person is great at these skills that we've agreed are important. And we highlight them. And then from there, you can interview those candidates or take them on to the next step, depending on how your process works. But that's really the key. At the top of the funnel, find the skills that will make you successful and pick from those candidates. How does it work with an ATS? How does it work with other tools that you might be leveraging? Well, we have ATS plugins. We exchange data. You can launch assessments from an ATS. You can get the results yeah. back. It, it really depends how you want to use it. We're not an ATS, so we don't do background checks. We don't do CV parsing. Typically, our customers, once they've selected the candidates, then they'll start looking at the CVs. Really, we're just about the skills. It's like a skills-based assessment. We have a lot of customers only don't use an ATS. They just use our platform. So okay. it depends on the scale and your process that you've built into. How hard is the implementation? Is it a two-week process? Is it a three-month process? Well, if you have one of the defined roles, so we have sales roles, which has a specific AI, specific skill set, and then we have customer service roles. And if you're in one of the verticals, so we do healthcare, insurance, banking, customer service, lots of different. If you're one of the verticals, we can be up and running literally in a week. It's really short. And what we do is that we track the performance of those employees because we already have many different benchmarks already established about the skills that you need. And from that, we keep iterating. So it's a partnership. Once your employees at the 30-day mark, 60, 90-day, we look at the performance metrics, pull them out again, reapply them to the AI and improve the AI. And throughout the time, the AI becomes extremely precise and really great at finding the great employees. Stefan, I want to kind of change topics. One of the things yeah. that I'm curious about is the HR tech space in Canada. It's not a very big space, right? But what's your take on the Canadian HR tech market? Are we seeing a lot more innovation? Yeah, I was in Vegas and I think that was a comment that someone mentioned to me. He says, why are there so many innovative companies coming out of Canada? I don't have an answer for that, but I know Canadians are extremely innovative and resourceful because we have a big American brother next door and a huge market. And the thing that was really striking to me, I attended a conference a few weeks ago and they were very receptive to what we're doing. And this was not a contact center conference. This was like large enterprises with at least half a billion dollars of revenue, 5,000 people. 
And we did a presentation about rethinking your interview process, and they were very receptive. So I think we're in a place now, though, with ChatGPT, which has scared everyone into reacting. We're into now into a process that people are thinking about this. How can we improve our hiring process? And what we're saying seems to resonate. People don't like to interview. You know, I was reading an article recently from Maryland. An employment interview is an unnatural act committed by two semi-consenting adults. (laughs) (laughs) And it's true. Like An interview is awkward. It's difficult for the person interviewing. It's difficult for the person being interviewed. You're doing a lot of stuff because on guts, because humans are horrible at evaluating other humans. I want to give everybody a fair shake. I would hire everybody I interviewed. I'm so bad at it because <laughs> I have faith in mankind. So it makes me a bad interviewer, but it's good to have those metrics behind you so you can support your decisions. It's how Shelly approaches dating. <laughs> <laughs> like everybody. Oh, Serge, that's so not true. Steph, I do want to ask you something that is maybe a bit of a myth buster for yeah. me, but... I have for years heard that, yes, we have some very innovative, great tech right across Canada, whether it's Vancouver, Toronto, Montreal, like there's wonderful tech hubs in each of these cities. But what I've heard over and over again throughout the years is that you have to actually start selling offshore. Canadian companies are very reluctant to be early adopters. Tell me, what's been your experience in selling your solution to Canadian companies? Or did you have to go overseas first to get those takers? Well, thank you. Yes, I think that what you just said is absolutely accurate. Our first two very large customers, that they're among the biggest corporations in the world, were early adopters of our platform. And once we had those customers, we came back to the Canadian market like we're doing now. And now they're much more receptive I think they're probably a little more conservative in their thinking and less of a risk taker. As much as there's such an entrepreneurial spirit in Canada, I think large companies are probably a little more cautious. So what you're saying is is very accurate. Okay. Thank you for confirming that. (laughs) (laughs) So I want you to take out your crystal ball. Yeah. I'd like to get your insights on what you think is coming up in recruitment and the world of work. Like, what are we going to be talking about a year from now when it comes to the recruitment industry in your mind? Yeah, I think more and more we're going to go into, especially for these customer facing roles, is like really about skills based hiring. There's a huge trend going forward. And what people care about is, is really about making sure you're hiring employees that are quality, that have the skills to do the job, that are a good fit for the job, and want to do the job. So having a great candidate experience is really where the future should be. And I think rethinking interviews and really thinking the whole process of interviews. And how do we get there? Well, it's going to be based on AI and generative AI and and the impacts that they're going to have. Well, I think you're right. I guess we'll know a year from now. We'll bring you back on. Stefan, this was such a pleasure having you on the show. It was a pleasure meeting you in Vegas. And I'm glad that we connected because Canadian HR tech companies are very important to our podcast. And we love seeing this whole ecosystem just blow up. I think there's a huge market. And Shelly, you said there's a lot of really innovative companies that are coming out of Canada. And I feel success stories like yours will only help. Anyone that wants to get a hold of you specifically and Hiring Branch, what's the best way to do that? Well, they can do that at hiringbranch.com or you can email me directly at stefan at hiringbranch.com and stefan with an E. But I think you can also use Steph. Steph at Hiring Branch also works. Perfect. Merci beaucoup. C'était un plaisir, Stéphane. Thank you so much for coming on. Merci. Thank you very much for both of you. It's great. You have a great podcast and it's exciting to be here.
Thank you, Steph. Wonderful to see you again. Shelly, let's face it. Texting candidates is the easiest way to hire quicker today. But your cell phone doesn't connect to your ATS. You're sharing your personal number with strangers. That's pretty scary, right, Shelly? And Mm. it's not even legally compliant. Mm, This is where our friends at Rectex come in. They've created simple yet powerful text recruiting software that works with your ATS. Plus, it's designed by recruiters for recruiters, so you know it works. To learn more and book a demo, visit www.rectxt.com, mention the Recruitment Flex, and get 10% off annual plans. Welcome, change agents, to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts.